Hello coaches, welcome back to the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. Uh, today we have Pam Rendy. Pam Rendy has led both the men's and women's tennis programs at Division Three Arcadia for the past five seasons. But Pam has been coaching for over 20 years in the Philadelphia area and has worked with players of all levels from beginner to Grand Slam participants. She serves on the board of the USTA Philadelphia Area Tennis District and is working towards her PTR Master of Tennis certification. In this podcast, we discuss how Pam manages two college teams while running L3 tennis and leading a staff of seven full-time pros and up to 20 seasonal pros. We discuss some of the assumptions people make about a woman coaching a men's team, why continuing education is so important for coaches, and if college coaches should consider pursuing a coaching certification. Pam also provides some great answers to a newly implemented rapid fire round. Hello, Pam. Welcome to the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. Hi, Dave. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for making the time to do this. So um, really, you've got an interesting background. Um, I wanted to, to speak with you. You seem just very, um, you know, you embrace um, learning and, and learning more about tennis and, and being the best coach that you can be. And um, I really want to dive into those things today. But but just want to take you back um, to, to kind of your own college days. You were you were a three sport athlete at Dickinson College, which I find fascinating. But but how did you ultimately kind of decide upon tennis and, and know that that would be your the sport you were going to dedicate your, your kind of life's work to? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, in a long story, um, I'll, I'll shorten it out. Um, you know, I, I enjoy challenge. I enjoy challenge. I enjoy learning. Um, and I've always played tennis since I was very, very young. Um, quite frankly, it's something that um, I thought I was good. Um, but one of the women that I grew up playing with actually lived around the corner. Um, Lisa Raymond was always in, um, in, in my clinics and I was always playing against her. So I'll be honest, I had a little bit of a complex <laughs> you know, growing up. I always thought like, oh, I'm not that good. Oh, I'm right. not going to win. You know, and so <laughs> I didn't, um, I didn't actively pursue it, quite frankly, going into college. Um, I went ahead and I played, uh, field hockey and I swam. And then I kind of fell into tennis, um, mm -hmm. because it was the coach saw me out there playing and, uh, and wanted me to hop in and, uh, and play on the team. And I did. And I played in and I challenged up and, uh, and played at the top of the ladder. Um, so, uh, it's something that, again, I always enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. When I got out of college, um, I was looking for people to play, quite frankly, and um, there weren't that many people back in the area to play. I started playing against different men in the area, and then I got into teaching. Um, so different pros said, you know, why don't you teach? I realized at that point that I loved uh, teaching mm -hmm. and coaching and really working with others on the court to um, to really hone their game and how to um, perfect their game. Mm -hmm. and. You know, when I got into that, I realized how fortunate I was uh, with my coaching growing up, that I had very good coaching growing up, mm -hmm. and um, how much I really enjoyed g being given the opportunity to, uh, to coach and, and lead others to improve their games. Mm 
Mm. Um, so you kind of so, fell, fell into it. There was no grand plan here to to be a to be a coach and ultimately a college coach. You just kind of made your way into it slowly and and realized you had a, a love and a passion for it. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. No, absolutely. I really um, mm. no was very very lucky that um, that it found me. And, um, and that I was open enough to sense it and to really be able to, uh, to go with it. Mm. And, um, okay. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so you you've coached extensively at a, a number of different levels, and we'll talk about more of that in a while. And, and you coached at the pro level as well. So, why did you land on college tennis coaching? What what interests you about that? And and I guess more specifically, D two coaching. Sure. So I'm actually D three. Oh, D three. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, oh, people okay. are going to kill me for that. Well, quite frankly, um, again, as I mentioned, you know, I've realized over the course of twenty something years um, that I my sweet spot is really um, being able to work with the players and encouraging the players who maybe um, still have have areas to learn and maybe they didn't have um, the, let's say, premier coaching in their younger years, um, but they have a passion for the game. They have a love for the game. They're inherently athletic. Um, so I really enjoy the challenge of that, the challenge of balancing out the athletics with the academics mm-hmm. um, for the players. Um, I love the fact that they are very dedicated. Uh, they're dedicated to the sport. They really, truly love the sport. They're going to be the ones, quite frankly, that will be the league players that will be playing it throughout, um, again, their, their adult life. Um, and it's a, it's a way for me to really give back directly mm-hmm. um, to the sport from, from which I've gotten so much. Um, right. So I, I really do. I feel like it's a very formative time um, for for the men and women. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that that challenge, and I enjoy the fact that I do get to wear many different hats mm-hmm. um, as a college coach. Yeah, no, I think a lot of college coaches can definitely relate to that. So, but you're you're just one of a very small percentage of women coaches who go coach both men's and women's teams. Um, you know how how did the men's team accept your hiring when you first came on board? Sure. No, that's a that's a really good question. It um, uh, I have to say I, my university was and they were and they continue to be extremely supportive um, of of me and of all female coaches. So you know, coming from that support, I think was key mm-hmm. um, in how they brought me into the university and introduced me to the men's team. Um, you know, I think the men maybe were a little surprised for the first, let's say, day. <laughs> and then, you know, quite frankly, when um, I, I have to say, because no one can see me too, I am five five foot one, like on a good day. So <laughs> I'm also, they tower over me. That's mm-hmm. the other, and a lot of the women do too. Um, that's the other, that's the other piece of it. Um, so, you know, at first I think they were a little surprised until quite frankly, we got on court and then they realized right away that, uh, that it's all business. You know, mm-hmm. we were there, I'm there to make the, the team better, make them better, um, you know, bring accountability, um, performance, um, and help to instill them to be the leaders of their team. And quite frankly, I, it's been fantastic. They've been wonderful. Um, it's, yeah. They've also been very interesting um, a couple times where we've traveled places where 
I had a, a couple instances, two different times at tournaments where, um, men's tournaments where once the, um, there was no female women's restroom that was open. Mm. It was all the men's restroom. And then another one was, um, at this other tournament twice on the tournament during one day, I was told to get off the court by the referees that only coaches were allowed oh on. And, uh, huh. <laughs> and this is my ITA referee. <laughs> oh uh, and, what um, year was this? Like I'm, 1963? I know, I know, what do you think? <laughs> and then, to add insult to injury, that night, actually, we were out dining, and um, and the waiter actually came over and said, oh, that's nice, the teen mom is taking them out for dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, at least you and can laugh guys, about it. Oh, no, totally. And, you know, what was really interesting was the guys actually said at that point, the coach, like, how do you put up with this all mm-hmm. the time? And they said, like, how, they said, we never thought, like, why do these people have to say this to you? So it's good because to them, I'm coach, you know, yeah. it's just, just yeah. coach, well, which great. that's the way it should be. Well, yeah. It's great so. that they, they're being exposed to that a little bit and, and seeing kind of some of these, uh, generalizations that, that people are making in, in, in the public and, and, uh, for them to witness that and, and recognize how, how wrong it is, is, is part of their education and, and, you know, something that they'll get out of their, their experience there. But it's fun. I mean, I, I do ask about the men, but it's, it's funny also, um, when I lived back in Ireland the last three years and, and was out of college coaching and how many of, of the, the young female, uh, players that I'd speak to prospective student athletes, that when they're talking about going to college and and um, because their their experience had only been with male coaches as juniors mm-hmm. and they were actually mm-hmm. like oh well that that team's coached by by a woman and uh, I don't really think I want to want to go that that direction and I'm so used to having a, a a male coach and and I'd have to have this long conversation with them and get get them to open up their minds so it's, it's not just just the men it's it's uh, some of these young young uh, female players as well which I just found mm-hmm. fascinating and never thought about in those terms until I was actually exposed to it myself but I mean in in that regard have you found uh, many differences or any differences between coaching the men and women uh, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, sometimes there can be, sometimes there, there aren't, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily do generalities because obviously, you know, there, everybody reacts differently, um, mm-hmm. to, to coaching. And that's part of our challenges, I think, as tennis coaches to, you know, be able to coach multiple players at once during a match and how can we coach them individually to perform their best, um, out, out on the court at that time. Um, and, you know, to be able for us to adapt according to their, you know, best playing styles. Um, I would say as a whole, I think I have found that um, the women, most of them um, tend to perhaps maybe intellectualize and, um, and question things a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, so I found that as a, a coaching style, um, typically speaking, I think I have to, I try to make them, let's say, uh, maybe a little bit more comfortable, mm-hmm. um, comfortable with the team, comfortable in the environment, um, comfortable with one another. Um, and then they'll start to open up and then they'll become, you know, put themselves out there to be maybe a little bit more vulnerable. Um, only if they feel comfortable first uh, with the support of their teams. Mm-hmm. Um 
for the men, um, I feel that um, they don't necessarily, they, they like that, actually. They like that, you know, um, that connection. They truly do. But I don't feel that they oftentimes need it as quickly um, to, you know, put themselves out there. Um, and so it can be just a different relation. If I ask them to do, let's say, a drill or something, um, they will usually do it quicker. You know, mm-hmm. they'll go out on court and they'll go ahead and try it. I'll actually have to do the opposite and stop and talk to them and say, explain why I'm asking them to do it and to understand why it relates to the play, why it relates to the point play. Whereas the women, I will usually have to tell them that first before they'll even go out. You know, they'll have to understand why they're doing it before they'll even attempt it. Mm. So they'll both get to the same same spot it's just how they get there um the roads that they take there are a little bit different right, right. Um, um, okay. so um, so i mean that can make it challenging um mm-hmm. especially let's say in a dual match um or in um at practices if we're running concurrently because we don't have lights so mm-hmm. there's a limited amount of time mm-hmm. um you know i sometimes feel uh like i am doing um like I'm a little bit split personality because when I'm over on the women's courts, you know, I'm relaying, let's say if we're working on swinging volleys or working on approaching the net, I'll relay it in one method. Um, you know, this is why we're doing this. This is what I would like you to do. Mm. And, you know, I want them to have, let's say, a high success rate early on. For the men, obviously, I want them to have a high success rate. However, I can explain it maybe a little differently, you know, in, um, in more of, let's say, an attacking manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want you to take the high the high ground, come into the net. You know, you want to be up here. You want to go ahead and do that. And in a matter of five minutes, I'm explaining the same thing totally differently. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, so it can be interesting. Yeah, no, that that is interesting. And, and it's so impressive to hear how you're toggling between the, the two. Is, so is that something you've learned over time with working both the men or, and the women? Or is that something you came into college coaching with an understanding of and, and have been able to just develop it even further? Oh, I, that's something that I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to hone, always trying to learn because it's, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's not only with the male-female dynamic, but obviously with each new class, with each new player. You mm-hmm. know, you're as a coach, you're trying to develop um, the candor, the relationship, and the you know the key coaching, let's say phrases, words that work well for that particular mm-hmm. um, student slash player. So it's a it's a ever evolving. Yeah. Um, you know, aspect, um, at least, at least for me, it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So with you, yeah. you overseeing both teams and, and again, you have a lot, a lot other things going on in your life as well. Um, how do you go about developing those relationships and, and trying to understand these student athletes as quickly as possible so you can best help them during their experience there? Uh, we try and do, I try and do as much during the, you know, off season, you know, certainly part of it is during the recruiting process, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, um, I get to learn, see them a little bit and how they function, you know, on their own, um, playing the dynamic, um, the social dynamic, the dynamic with their current coach, the dynamic with their parents, the dynamic, you know, on court, how they work under pressure, off pressure, um, you know, so I'll be honest, that relationship building ha- starts to begin then, mm-hmm. um, it then we build more off it um, in the fall, and that's, you know, during our uh, quick season then. So, you know, 
the tournaments, the um, non-scoring tournaments that we do in the fall are a great opportunity to do that. Um, team dinners, team movie nights, um, meeting with them uh, just in my office, um, all, all different aspects mm. like that. Um, you know, really, I think are, are just a super important piece, mm-hmm. um, of it, you know, and then, and also they literally know that my door is always open. Um, so, I mean, I can't tell you how many students, geez, um, come in and sit down and they'll, I'll never forget. It was probably the third day of work, um, at Arcadia and I sat down and I had um, two students just sit down with their lunch and just eat at my desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, is everything okay? Like, Oh yeah, we just had some time off and we just wanted to lunch and that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, you know, just having kind of nice time like that yeah. is, uh, is, is huge to, to really start to understand and to also let them know as well that I'm not perfect and to guide me. I mean, let me mm-hmm. know, Hey, if I didn't, if I did something or I interrupted, you know, your flow during a point and you didn't like that, let me know. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to know from you how to best, um, guide you and coach you and encourage you. So, you know, it's, it's an ongoing conversation, mm-hmm. um, that we have. And yeah. no, very good. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're really understanding again, what this generation needs and, and the differences between the, the men and women. And like you said, it's constantly evolving and different personalities are, are coming through all the time. And it's, uh, it's not just about generalizing the men and the women. It's also figuring out what, what each individual, uh, will need to, uh, reach their potential. But, um, so, so, y- you know, because you've coached uh, at so many different levels, are the statistics and, and, um, Again, we were maybe generalizing here, but but based on your experience and being around the tennis world, are the statistics similar in terms of the number of of women coaches um, at the different levels? I mean, for college, it's it's thirty seven percent of our our women's teams are coached by women, and obviously a lot fewer that are coaching men or, or coaching both, like yourself. Um, but but do you see those statistics kind of across the board and and? Uh, why is that and, and what can we do to help encourage more uh, women coaches to, to stay in the game and, and well be interested in the first place uh, in the coaching world in the college coaching world and then to stay in it yeah no I, I definitely think that uh, that's Yes, I see those statistics mm-hmm. um, reflected in it. Absolutely. Um, you know, the only where the only spot where it may not be would be the um, ten and under orange ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems to be a little bit heavier um, in the female department. And again, I think that can be actually a form of almost like reverse gender bias, mm-hmm. where you know there are certainly men um, that would be great instructors for the um, orange ball. You know, and and ten and under kids as well. Um, so as far as women in coaching um, at the, let's say, older levels, um, it's something that um, I think you, you kind of alluded to it, and you actually not alluded, you spoke to it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't, a lot of women and a lot of, let's say, higher performance um, girls don't see a lot of higher performance female coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, we have to get out there. We have to be more visible so the younger um, girls and women can understand that it is a career choice. 
Um, I don't know that it's something that they even think about because they just don't see it. It's mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind. It's not necessarily something that they don't think that they can do. It just doesn't cross their mind that it's something that women can do and women can do well mm-hmm. or at the same level of every of everyone else. Um, I mean, again, I was I was kind of the opposite, and I was very fortunate, and I didn't realize it until, I don't know, maybe not even five years ago at one of the women's coaching summits um, that I was, geez, one of the very, very, very few women who was coached by a woman. Mm. I had female coaches growing up. Um, Yeah, one is in the Hall of Fame now. Um, Another one is in the, actually another two are in the um, United States Tennis, but also the Squash Hall of Fame. Mm. And, um, and, so it never occurred to me that I couldn't coach, you know, and I think it it directly comes from because I had, you know, female coaches. It was just something. Oh, you like tennis. Oh, you like this. I can coach. Okay, great. Good. Um, it didn't occur to me that, that it didn't happen. And I didn't really, quite frankly, realize it um, until about five years ago when I was at the, let's say, more, you know, elite levels of um, collegiate coaching um, specifically because we tend to have more groups of people mm-hmm. in that and realized how few women are, are in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it really kind of hit me between the eyes uh, mm-hmm. where I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what advice would you provide to young female coaches that are are starting out in this profession? Is is there anything that you think, so, so they've, they know it's possible. They've seen it done. Maybe they've been coached by, by a woman coach at at some point in their life, maybe in their college career, but do you have any advice for them starting out in this profession? I would say, you know, the biggest thing is um, to put yourself out there and to reach out, reach out and talk to people, you know, talk to um, other women if they're either, let's say they, hopefully it can be a female tennis coach, but if not, then, you know, a a female coach of another sport, Um, connect with them, see, you know, just get, get a little bit of camaraderie um, involved in that and then your network will grow. Um, exponentially, um, reach down and mentor the the juniors. So mentor junior high schoolers, mentor um, you know younger kids to bring them through again the the system and the mm. funnel. That's that's huge. You know, be a mentor and a mentee. Um, also, reach out to you know different women in that may not be necessarily in sport coaching, but can be let's say great. Um, great mentors in different areas. Maybe it'll be someone in social media. Maybe it'll be someone in business. Um, but broaden your, your support circle. Um, I think that's, that's huge because it is a relatively small sports circle mm-hmm. right now, especially in female um, tennis coaching, um, especially female college collegiate um, tennis coaching. So, you know, actively reach out and do that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do make it a priority to go to the various WTCA, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, ITA, and to be visible there. Uh, right. I, think it's, I think it's important. 
Yeah, no, very good advice. Um, so in the recent college coach survey that we put out here from the ITA, uh, I just recently analyzed the the data from it. But one of the things that kept coming up that coaches were struggling with were, were time management. And and when I uh, look at, at all the things you have going on, you're coaching two teams, you've got AC and autism, you're managing a club of uh, seven full-time pros, you have 20 seasonal pros, you know, how, how how are you balancing all these things? And do you have any type of time management systems or procedures that allow you to keep keep top on top of all these? Uh, well, I, I do not claim by any stretch of the imagination to be fantastic at it. I'm not at all. And, you know, one of the areas that I struggle with is, um, is personal time, you know, carving time out for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, that is something that I'm probably not great at. And, um, and, you know, fortunately I'm not one of those people that needs, let's say nine hours of sleep, (laughs) which helps. That's always good. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I am pretty systematic. So getting on a system is, you know, really helpful to me. Um, having as much like, you know, Google docs, um, constant contact, um, job form, you know, using as much of Hootsuite as much as I can use, um, front rush, you know, using all of those are, are, are huge, mm-hmm. um, to me. You know, it just, it helps with, again, with my organization, with my management, with, um, my reaching out, uh, keeping records, keeping everybody on records. A personal pet peeve of mine is Excel sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, with Excel, well, when, whatever you just sent me, it's now outdated because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's yep. not dynamic. So, and um, so that's where, you know, again, the Google comes in because, you know, if you make changes on, let's say, you know, your roster, your list, attendance, whatever, I can track it instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that really, really helps, um, you know, using the video again, that, you know, really helps whether it's tennis pal, different things like that. Um, you know, it's just great ways to, again, connect. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's huge. But, you know, I do struggle with uh, with personal time. And, uh, you know, I'll, I have an extremely supportive family. They mm-hmm. always have been very supportive. Um, they're also entrepreneurs. So, you know, they understand. I think the, the, um, the time that needs to go into this because, you know, they put that into, into their work as well. Um, but they're also very quick to remind me like, okay, you're off duty coach. Like, right. you know, stop, you know, stop with a coach voice, leave that, <laughs> <laughs> leave that at the office. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, and nope, you know, you're going to now sit back and we're going to tell you what you're doing. And that's, that's good. It helps me to keep balance, you know, or at least try. They try and keep balance for me, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. There's the different parts of the year, and I think everybody's mm-hmm. striving for that elusive balance. But it's it's uh, it's not really there. It's just certain times of year are busier than others, and you try and make the most of your downtime when when you have it. But it is a it is a challenge, and I think just again coaches knowing that yes uh, again everybody's struggling with it uh, they're not alone thinking that that they're the only ones that aren't managing their time as, as perfectly as maybe other people in their athletic department or whatever it is but in general college coaches uh, they're all struggling with this and and probably mostly when they're when they're in season so um but but uh yes you have more going on than most so it's good to hear that uh you have some systems in place but so you've made um 
you've made a big commitment to developing yourself as a coach. Can you can you talk about some of the coaching programs and um, that you've gone through and, and some of the you know courses, workshops, conventions that you've gone through that you found have been beneficial for you specifically as as a college coach and, and maybe would encourage other coaches to do going forward? Sure. Um, one that I did uh, about two years ago, uh, I was fortunate to be able to participate in. Uh, it was the We Coach NCAA Summit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I found was, you know, very, very interesting. Um, was very informative. It was just a. I would highly recommend it, especially to any um, younger female coach um, that's, let's say, getting involved in coaching or looking to find, you know, where she belongs and and to again kind of reach out, strengthen her base, um, bring things back to her team, to you know, also to just her. Um, overall, let's say, coaching um, closet and credibility and, and different things to be able to toolkit to bring to her team. Um, that, um, that I found just really indispensable and I think is a great tool. Um, they have great online um, different podcasts and webcasts that you can tune in to as well. Um, the ITA, I think um, I was able to come down and and do that this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that again, you know, very, very interesting. It's a great way to, again, network um, and specifically, you know, with other um, tennis coaches, you know, the reality is, is it's not that often, um, quite frankly, as tennis coaches, as a large group that we're able to come together. So um, for me, that is, that's great. You know, it it really um, gives commonality and across the, um, uh, across the the different um, programs um, and across the different levels, I think it, it's really important to get together to share ideas, to share um, just just some time. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think what can happen sometimes is it, it can be fairly isolating. Um, you know, again, because we are, you know, let's say maybe the only head coach, you know, at our, in D3, we're the only head coach at our university Mm -hmm. in our sport. Um, Most of the time, a lot of D3 programs are part-time coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's where I think getting together, even just for the social aspect to then be able to, you know, talk about, oh, how do you run your practice? You know, what do you do when X, Y, Z happens? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you academically monitor? You know, just, just get different ideas. That That is just so, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I can't say that enough. Um, yeah. And then the, the last part is, um, of course, you know, the USTA um, PTR, PTA. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's always important. You know, you can just always you know, keeping your finger on the different techniques, styles, teaching, yeah. blah, blah. So, yeah, so yeah. You, you would encourage college coaches to, to get certified. You think that's that's uh, a necessary part of their um, professional development? Oh, I think at 110%. I mm. mean, it's just, um, yes, I think you absolutely need to be certified. Um, I, I just think you need to be able to understand the, the certification methods, the methodology behind teaching, you know, um, it's it's really important to be able to again hone your teaching skills. I mean, look, the reality is at the various levels of our sport and of coaching, it is coaching, but it's also teaching. You're going to have to teach different skills uh, of how to better execute whatever shot. Um, it's 
it's, and I've seen it enough where, let's say, players, may be, they may be fantastic players, but they don't necessarily understand how to relay those skills. Sure. So by going through, I think, that education process, it just ensures that you know how to relay those skills to others. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is is that it, it opens them up to other learning opportunities as well, that they can go on and do the, the USTI high performance um, program and, and other workshops mm-hmm. that they can attend and online resources. I, I think sometimes that gets lost in the mix that they just go mm-hmm. and, and get this certification. That's kind of the end of it. It's it's really just the beginning. And um, mm-hmm. I think the, the PTR and PTA have come a really long way in, in recent years and, and uh, developing their content and their curriculums and, and are going to continue to do so. Um, so, no, th- thank you for that. What are what are some of the other maybe lessons that you've learned from uh, all your coaching and managing um, outside of college tennis that has, has maybe helped you develop as a college coach? Like what are those skills that you're pulling from outside the college tennis world that, that influence how you, how you manage your program and, and coach your athletes? Uh, I would say number one would be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really listening, listening to like even now, listening to the questions that you're asking, you know, not, not just talking, but actually listening to the questions that you're Thank asking. Thank you. You're the only guest that does directly. that. <laughs> 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 I try, I try. <laughs> uh, but, you know, listening to your players, listening to, you know, the verbal, but also the nonverbal cues. I mean, um, you know, something, I, I think sometimes too often people will say, well, you know, women, they're very emotional. They just want to communicate. You know, all they want to do is communicate. Well, the men do too. It's just being in tune with how they want to communicate with you. It's mm-hmm. just maybe a different form of communication. Um, you know, and if you do the listening, then you can really, I think, um, gather more of what your uh, players and students are looking for and how, what they need and how they feel that they can grow. Um, so that, that's something, you know, mm-hmm. huge, quite frankly, that I keep, um, geez, keep trying to work on. And it's imperfect, but I, you know, keep trying to work on it. And I think that is, yeah. that's massive. Um, and be adaptable. You know, mm-hmm. after that, you know, it's, 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 you know, one size does not fit all. Okay. Yep. Maybe this is, and I'll be honest with the team, you know, different days. Okay. This is our, you know, I always have a, I have a Google doc again of, uh, <laughs> of all my practices. And then I, you know, map them out what I want to do. And I divide it by time and skill and court and who's doing what on what court. And then when we're changing and, mm-hmm. you know, what our goal is for the day. And, um, and at the beginning of the huddle, I'll tell everybody, okay, this is our goal. This is what we're working on. This is how we're going to do it. And then we divide out. But if something happens and I realize, you know what, this isn't going to work, then I'll be the first to tell them and say, okay, I thought we were going to do this, but yeah. based off what's going on, let's adapt and do this. And this is why. Um, so, yeah, I mean, being adaptable. I mean, mm-hmm. this this season, especially as I'm sitting from my home office and not you know, doing a match down at Hilton Head for spring break this week because our seasons have been canceled. Mm-hmm. Now, how can I be adaptable to continue to do different, um, you know, team environments, team workouts and everything else over Zoom? Right. You know, and, and, and learn to do it. Yeah. So that, that's, 
that's huge yeah so so uh, even though this podcast won't won't go out till uh, another month or so or, or closer to may uh, we're sitting here on on march 20th i think uh having this conversation but as far as you're concerned your your season your season in terms of matches is over but in terms of your your players development and and staying with some type of structure you're you're still seeing the season through is that fair to say oh yeah absolutely so we are still um we're still getting together for social well via zoom we're doing Mm -hmm. um social aspects um we're doing you know they're still doing their um you know, workouts, um, on their own, but gathering together. Um, so we're still doing academic meetings. So absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. we're still, yeah. we're still a team, yeah. you know, even though we may not be together, we're still, still yeah. a team. Well, well done because I think a lot of, uh, people maybe right now are feeling a little sorry for themselves and, and maybe we all, we all should be, I don't know, but, but, um, but like you said, there's, uh, we're, we're, we're going to get through this eventually and and um you know especially college age kids will will do well with having some structure around them here in in the weeks and months to come so um yeah hopefully other other coaches can hear that and and uh, implement some things for their players moving forward if they're not already doing so but um so uh on the last uh, podcast hasn't been released yet but i started a rapid fire round round with uh, Dash Connell and I thought it went pretty well so you're going to be the Uh-oh. second coach to go through Uh-oh. it so um, I will ask the questions quickly but you can take as long as you want to, to answer them but so the first one is what is a book that made a major impact on you as a coach? Oh um, well the one we all read we did summer reading um, together and everybody did their presentations on um, when we got back to school was um, the energy bus Mm. So we did that one, which uh, that was a good one, I think, you know, again, for the team. And it's always good for me to remember um, the other one that uh, that I really like too, just for leadership um, things is um, it's give and take by Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another one that I personally okay. enjoy. Well, thank you for those recommendations. What is your favorite drill? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. This is kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm going to say it anyway. Change. I like to change stuff up. I mm-hmm. don't like to do the same stuff all the time. So, um, you know, I think if the team had an answer, which kills me because I'm always the one saying, no, we're going to do something else. That's like, we always do that. Um, <laughs> they they like um, offense, defense. And... Um, yeah, so they, I mean, they love offense, defense. What, um, what is that? Can you give us a quick explanation as to, because I know there's like 50 different names for all I these know, different drills. I know, there's 50 different ones. <laughs> so I know, they call it offense, defense. I don't know. Um, so it's where um, you have four it's doubles and two of them, they're both up, two teams up at net. Mm-hmm. And then I feed in, uh, or no, I'm sorry, they start back at the baseline. I feed in and then whoever wins the point um, gets to come up with the net. Um, they can win the, they win the point up for the net and, you know, and play it out from there. And then the loser has to go back, touch the baseline. The winners are fed, um, anything. They can be fed a cheap shot. They can be fed a lob. They can be fed a drop shot. Um, they're up at net and play the point out. Um, there's another one that we do that I have to come up with a name. I don't have a name for it, but, um, they like it. I didn't think they would, but they do like it where it's doubles. And then um, they start the baseline. I feed in. You play to 11 points, although I started doing it for time to just mm-hmm. kind of run them down. 
and um, the, whoever misses the ball or loses the point then has to run off, touch the um, curtain or touch the fence, and their partner slides over and is fed the same ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and mm. then they play it and it's, it's very quick because they have to realize, um, be very, have a lot of court awareness. They have to be able to recover quickly and really multitask. Think mm. about of, um, a lot of shots as they're hitting at once. So that's one that, um, again, their reaction time has to be good. They have to know where their partner is. They have to be thinking about, um, the next shot coming in and have to play aggressively. So, but I need to get a good name for that one. Gosh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. you'll have some time on your hands to, to think about that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, name one thing that you've changed your mind on in recent years, whether in coaching or in life. Oh, uh, taking time, the importance of taking time for myself. Hmm. And, and not, not um, let's say, coaching, you know, personal development, um, because I, I classify that as, you know, coaching, but literally, you know, me time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, good. I think, yeah, yeah. That, that's important. Yeah, definitely. And do you have a favorite quote? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say one right now. It's so funny. This popped back in my head. I don't know what brought it. And to put it in perspective, I graduated college in 19, or I graduated high school in 1989. Mm-hmm. So, and so it just came into my head and it was in, it was on my, um, my high school yearbook uh, page. And it was, um, the world is your oyster. And if there isn't the pearl, at least you, if you don't find the pearl, at least you can have lunch. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's kind of going through, going through my head this week while we're, uh, you know, going through some challenges that, mm-hmm. you know what, like this, it's, it's not what I was hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, you know, we're trying to, again, do the best we can, sure. uh, with what we're dealt. Oh, so very good. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, what is one lesson you hope all your players have learned by the time they leave Arcadia? Oh, that, um, quite frankly, the lesson of, let's say, leadership, of strong personal leadership mm-hmm. um, o- overall. And I want them to be, you know, productive people um, on the court and off the court. And I really do think that, you know, quite frankly, I want them to be proud of their four years at Arcadia, proud of all the hard work that they put in being a student athlete, uh, working so hard on the court, off the court, um, doing it, quite frankly, for personal pride, you know, reasons, Mm -hmm. and really understand the effort that it took for them to do that and to allow themselves to be proud of that and to really um, celebrate that and celebrate that as they go out into into their the rest of their lives and understand the value that tennis had and to to keep playing and and really share it with others mm. um, in the community mm. so mm. that's that's cool to hear and and i think your players are very lucky to have have a coach who cares so much about um you know their own professional development and, and being the best coach they can be for uh, for them and to help them with their journey so well done and, and uh, keep up the great work pam i really appreciate you coming on the podcast and i hope coaches will get a lot out of our conversation today well thank you dave thanks for putting us all together i appreciate it definitely thanks pam bye-bye bye